So this podcast leans heavily on Gilligan's Island, which was not a like <laughs> favorite of mine. So I don't, I've really done the deep dive on any of their personalities. So Quorum, I don't know. I'm not. I, <laughs> I don't know the difference between Marianne and Ginger. Um, Especially one, their political one, views. Yeah, one, one is a brunette. One's a redhead. Okay. The redhead is a piece of work. What were their political views? <laughs> That's what I want to know, Pat. I want to. I want you to dive into their feelings on you know. <laughs> I, I really never knew there was a politics of dancing. I was biting my tongue, yep. <laughs> Here we are, everybody, episode 44. Time out with Patty C. A special political episode. We've never done a political episode before. Might never again. <laughs> Welcome to our last podcast <laughs> tonight on a very special episode. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> so we're listening to a little reflex. You remember reflex back in the day? Yeah. Oh, those guys are great. There are no colors tonight. There's no red and blue. We're all purple. We're all purple. Let's go around the table. Mikey D, say hello to the crowd. Hey, crowd. How's it going? Big Mike. Hey, listener. And Papa Gigs. <laughs> Keeping it fair and balanced tonight, everybody. Oh, I like that. <laughs> fair and balanced. Uh, no one could remote in. Everyone is out on political assignment someplace. Based down in Florida. Ours around town. And we have our Long Island boys back there. Hey, we're going to go around the table real quick. Round robin, true or false, about politics you don't know. What question you're going to get? Hey, Papa Giggs, the Wright brothers make the first controlled sustained flight in heavier-than-air aircraft at Kitty Hawk. Was that real or was that fake? It was real. Yeah? Yeah, I was down at the museum a bunch of years ago, and uh, I don't remember every last detail, but I'm, I'm buying it. Yeah, those yeah. boys uh, there put was, their work in, and they were bike guys. There was, um, there was only one picture, though, right? Just one picture. Well, there weren't a lot of. There was low budget. They didn't have a, you know, they didn't have like a big. Uh, yeah, you know, they didn't have a big budget. They didn't have backers like us. They didn't have a sponsor, sure. you know. They so were bike they were bike shop guys <laughs> from what Ohio, I think, yeah. and they went down there and yeah, they 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 did the best they had with the circumstances they had, kind of like our podcast crew. Excellent. Big. If they had iPhones back then, there would be oh. lots of pictures. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. would have been on Snapchat. <laughs> They would have totally TikTok the first. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a lot of those early innovators, like they're doing their little part early on, and they're just you know they're historically I think they're important, but sure. um, yeah, they were just breaking ground. Yep, they Excellent. got squandered by the big guys. Yep, yep, know? yep. They sure. just exploited them. <sighs> Typical the political situation. Yeah, yep, like yep, stick yep. it to the man. <laughs> <laughs> on July twentieth, nineteen sixty nine, Mikey D. There was one giant leap for mankind landing on the moon. Now, before you answer, is it true or false? Because I saw a movie with O.J. Simpson <laughs> called Capricorn One. Explain. Well, first of all, you can't believe anything O.J. Simpson says. Okay. So, and like I'm glad the glove you, doesn't fit. That's exactly right. Yeah, I'm glad you picked me for this question because I was born the day they blasted off. To the moon, oh, awesome. July 16th, 1969. Cool. I'm dating myself here, but definitely true. You know, I don't care what they say about those videos, and it was all planned. It was it, true. Absolutely. That's yes. right. Absolutely. I like it. 
Next question, Caesars Palace Fountain, Los Angeles, Las Vegas. Nevada Evil Knievel's jump over the fountain. Pre-jump motorcycle was fine. He went up to the ramp. He was waving to the crowd. He even said, as he jumped, he lost acceleration. Was it a plot to make him fail? True or false? Big Mike. You know, as, as I'm thinking about it, you know, the conversation we had earlier about your VW bus and how, you know, old machines can be thwarted by, like, you know, a piece of metal the size of a, you know, a pencil tip. Yeah. Um, and there are so many things going on with the motorcycle. I, I, I don't know. I want to believe in the good of man and that no one was trying to kill him. Um, I think it was mechanical failure. I don't, I don't. I don't know if there's a conspiracy theory there. Yeah. I remember as a kid, that was fun stuff watching all his Absolutely. the Snake River yeah. rocket kind of thing. That yeah. was that was wild watching Evil Knievel. Yeah. But he was such a showman too. I wonder how much of it he might have like manipulated himself <laughs> a little bit. I mean, not that he wanted to cause himself harm. But sure, he broke. Maybe it. he just falls a little short, and he yeah. had, he maybe squizzles out. Or yeah, something. you got to. That's can a we, word. Can we believe anything that happened yeah. in Vegas? <laughs> like a, well, that's <laughs> guy broke a lot of bones to do what he did. Yes, he yeah, did. He, yep. he gave it up. Yes, he did. All right, last but not least, we'll go number five, Woodstock. It was going to be a great show, and it was a great show. But lo and behold, huh, the rain came. Did the government somehow trigger a rainstorm to put a damper on the show, and did it work or not work? Big Mike, you're first. No, I would say it did not work. It was <laughs> perhaps the most famous music festival of all, not because of the rain, because of the talent. Yeah, uh, and then the camaraderie and all the good things that happened in between. So, um, yeah, government fail. Yeah, <laughs> Papa gigs. I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think just stuff happens. They, they, you know, plowed through. They did their thing, and uh, yeah, I'm not going with the conspiracy. Mikey D. Yeah, I think the government gets blamed for many things, but the weather they can't do anything about that. Yeah, yeah, and I it agree. didn't didn't no, stop anything. No didn't, way. No. Nope. Yeah, kept it going. Yeah. Good, good. All right, now we're, we're done with this little round-robin thing, and we're down to the first question. Choose a political event at, that had great political headlines that caught everyone's attention. I'm going first, and I never knew this, because A, I don't like musicals. Not that I don't like them, but I'm like, hey, you took seven minutes to say I love you, but you could have done it in like three seconds. But I'm choosing the Hamilton Reynolds affair because I saw Hamilton in Hawaii when we visited Cole at Christmas. Now, basic and simple, he had a little affair with a married woman. The husband came by. He paid him off. Things didn't go well. And he decides to say, hey, let's just throw it out there in the paper. It's not like. This is 1791. They didn't have TikTok, <laughs> Facebook. He wrote it in a paper that everyone read. And then it's like, what the heck? No paparazzi? No, no paparazzi, paparazzi back then? But I do remember seeing this in the, in the musical. I was like, what are you crazy? Like, I don't, I didn't remember that as sister. I was like, so what wait, are you crazy? So wait, he, Hamilton went and admitted the affair yeah. in the paper? Yeah. Why, why did he? Why would he benefit he, from doing that? He said he wanted to be um, open, like he was a government man. Okay. He really wanted to be 
put in charge. So he was just laying his cards on the and table. And he was like, listen, okay, I, I made a mistake. Bing, bong, bing. Mm. But I am the guy. Remember he wrote the, the Federalist yeah, Papers? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like a lot of them. He yeah. wrote a lot so, of them. Um, well, it sounds like she was a willing participant, the, yeah. the other yeah. partner. Or yeah. I'm still stuck on the Grateful Dead guy having a hard time with a seven-minute song. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Papa Giggs, what do you have on your list? Well, when you're talking about like political headlines, I I didn't go literal, but I went literal. And one of my favorite historical pictures, I love the picture of a beaming Harry Truman after the 1948 election yes. holding up the headline, Dewey defeats Truman, when Truman defeated Dewey and Strom Thurmond, but uh, he was an afterthought. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I guess, uh, you know, digging a little bit in the story. So there's the Chicago, you know, talk about a po- political city, Chicago and the political machines. Sure. But the 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 newspaper that published it, the Chicago Daily Tribune, I guess was a historic or noted uh, Republican-leaning paper. And they had this political analyst who predicted the last couple elections properly, and they had to go to the presses before all the results were in, so they just counted on this guy, this correspondent, who picked four out of the last five, right? And that's good, 80%, but it's, you know, it's only four out of five. <laughs> so so they counted on his uh, information, and they, they went to the presses, and they printed this, and uh, Dewey did not defeat Truman. I guess they said there were about 150,000 copies I wonder what one of those goes for, but oh. the famous picture. I, I just thought it was, you know, like I said, political headline, but I, and it was a political headline, but it's just, 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 just a great story. And if, if sure. you guys can picture that, that picture of a beaming Harry Truman holding up that paper, yeah. Yeah. you know, the day after. Excellent. Big Mike, what do you got? Uh, I kind of broke the rules. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to kind of dumb this down. Um. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I broke the rules because I, um, I don't watch a lot of television. Um, but when I do, I, um, I kind of lean towards spy movies or spy shows. And I've recently come across this show called The Americans. Oh, that's know, great show. And I know we're supposed to talk about pre-60s, but this is <laughs> knee-deep in the 1980s. Oh, yeah. And it deals with the Cold War. And um, kind of seeing this other side, you know, I kind of grew up in the 80s, but I was, uh, I, was, I was pretty young and definitely not in tune, you know, with what was going on around the world. Um, and so to see this, the, the trade craft involved with um, the lengths at which, you know, Russian spies tried to infiltrate our government and our, our, our country, um, it's just fascinating. And so I know it's just a TV show, and I know it represents a lot more, but, <laughs> but I love this show. I like and, it. And it's fantastic. So I, I'm kind of fascinated by the Cold War now, the idea that we could just um, take a country and an idea and kind of be us against them. I mean, there was so much going on, but yeah. um, it's coming back. But I, I know, and I, I don't want to <laughs> make it scary, political. Scary. But um, but back then, it almost seemed like it, it seemed like simpler times, if that's if that's possible. Yeah. Um, the technology that exists now wasn't around, you know, and so sure. everything just felt a little old school. And so sure. they portray it uh, beautifully, I think. I, mean, I, I remember um, seeing season one, and and. They're two agents, but they have to make believe they're married. Isn't that true? Yeah, they're yeah. they're total actors, and they've been raised. Uh, they're Russians, but they are Americans for all intents and purposes, sure. you know. Yeah. And so uh, they, man, they um, they sell it, and they, yeah. they do. And Carrie Russell's not bad either. So Ooh, awesome. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon? Is that on Amazon Prime? It might be on Amazon yeah, Prime. On yeah, Amazon for, Prime. Yeah. 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 Mikey D, what do you got? I'm kind of in a similar vein. I I took it kind of literal. I was going with. Um, the um, Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, good. Which is yeah. Peak Cold War. Mm-hmm. Kennedy staring down the Russians and whether they're going to be able to put nukes in Cuba. Scary. Ninety miles away from yep, Florida. Scary. Yep. 
So, you know, would have been a whole different world if that had happened. Um, I don't know all the details because I'm not a scholar in history like TD. <laughs> yes, I know. But, uh, you know, I think that was a pretty major political event, not just for the United States, but for the world in general. So. Yeah. Oh, I just got a text from TD. It says, Mike, you have detention tomorrow. <laughs> you will be reading. <laughs> Wait, the fiddler on the roof Well deserved. Well deserved. <laughs> all right, there we go. Now, main question number two. Political leaders in a small government related to cartoon characters or superheroes. <laughs> Please fill in the below positions. I have. I'm going to go. I'm going to start from the bottom. Secretary of Fun. There's two. Because we want to represent the old comedians and the new. Chris Farley is number one in that. <laughs> <laughs> He's always got a big suit. The, sh the shirt's hanging yeah. out. Whatever. And... Uh, to bring back old school, we're going Flip Wilson. Nice, <laughs> nice. Because he knew, knew how to dress up as a woman <laughs> and like perfectly. I think there should be a secretary of fun in the, in the United so. States government, you know? Perfect. Not a, bad, not a bad idea. Heck yeah. Secretary of Defense, plain and simple, Iron Man. <clears throat> Boom. I think he's, uh, you know, Superman would be good. There's, like, there's a lot of guys that could take it. But Iron Man, Tony Stark, he is a... He's a businessman. He knows what to do. But also kicks butt. And he kicks mm -hmm. butt. Yeah. Uh, Secretary of State, this is a push. I think it would work. Mr. Rogers. Ooh. Yeah. Fred. You know? Yeah, Mr. Rogers. You could, like Putin it. could be like screaming at him, and he was like, can we just put our feet in a bucket together? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd vote so. for him for president. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But uh, I think, I don't know, I think if you hear my vice president and president, <laughs> you might, like, disagree with that. Number one, vice president, super girl. She's <laughs> super, but she's not, like, superman. Like, somebody might say, oh, she's not superman. She's, like, like a vice superman. <laughs> and then her partner, though, as the president, bat girl. Because bat girl's a little evil. And she tells it as it is. She's got an edge. And that girl's <laughs> a little older. I like the female uh, executive branch. I think that's a great. I thing. would nice. watch the Absolutely. news Heck all yeah. the time yeah. if uh, Batgirl and Supergirl that's right. were in the news. Like, yeah. I think you're right. Papa Giggs, what do you got? So I wasn't sure how to interpret this question. So I took cartoon characters that were related, and I found positions for all of them so i took the peanuts gang oh I and like i wasn't sure how to interpret it. so i, I that's fantastic peanuts nice. gang now, and you want me to start from the bottom Should yeah I, actually start. i'm gonna start from the top i'm gonna start from the top oh. president i'm going with linus okay linus oh. to me he's the smartest of the bunch um he has a unique voice but he's a solid speaker because he's made so many good speeches you know in the peanuts cartoons um i think he's well respected by the others for his intellect so i just think linus is my easy choice as president vice president i struggle with this one um i went with marcy I think Marcy seems pretty smart. I think she's re very willing to listen. She's going to take orders. She's going to do all the, the little tasks that kind of get shoved on the vice president. You know, sure. do, Just do whatever is necessary. Just be very loyal vice president. Secretary of State, I'm going with Schroeder, okay, the piano guy. Mm, I think he's quiet. Well yeah, he's quiet. He's well-respected. Um, I think he's very focused. I think he appreciates other cultures. He has that bust of Beethoven on his piano. <laughs> like I think that. he's appreciative. He's more worldly than some of the other characters. So he's my Secretary of State. Secretary of Defense, this is a no-brainer. Peppermint Patty. No one is going to mess with Peppermint Patty. I'm a little bit willing she might be. She's going to be a war hawk. Like, I think, you know, who knows? We've been in World War Three already. But Peppermint Patty, she's my clear choice of Secretary of State. 
yeah, just he's tough. And we all know who the Secretary of Fun is. Yeah. Snoopy. Snoopy. He's he's <laughs> you know perfect. Yeah, he's he's all about fun. We're gonna have a good old time with Snoopy as our Secretary of Fun. So that's my I'm, nice. I think I'm going to join the Peanuts Party, actually. Yeah. So if there's, you know, we're right. political, you know. This is incredible. The Peanuts Party. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Big Mike, what do you got? So I, I completely misinterpreted the question. It's okay. You did. So, so far, we have a couple different interpretations. Yeah. So I kind of skimmed it, uh, and I read government and cartoon, and I thought, Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Um, because... Uh, Bill Clinton sort of aligned with my uh, growth as someone who's becoming more aware of like the political scene. Sure. Right? I was becoming, I think I was like, a, he might've been the first vote I had um, or maybe before then, but um, he was a guy who showed up on Arsenio hall and like started playing saxophone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, yeah. he felt like a caricature of all of the other sort of pres like uh, of something that I had never seen before. It was, it was insane. Um, he seemed to have more personality. And I think, you know, as I get older, that was by design, right? Mm-hmm. They marketed him that way. So yeah. guys like me would say, oh, I should vote for this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so playing saxophone does not equal great president. Um, but he um, he just presented himself in a way that was almost cartoonish, you know? He he uh, he liked McDonald's. He <laughs> was playing saxophone. It was, and he had all this sort of, like, likability and was more like a cartoon character than, say, Ronald Reagan or George Bush, uh, sure. although I'm sure some would disagree. But for me, it, it, where I was in my you know development, uh, Bill Clinton was like this weird guy, and I was like, yeah, all right, interesting cartoon. <laughs> I like so, it. So that was my reasoning for that question. <laughs> Perfect, Mikey D. What do you got? Hey, you got any other people in your cabinet? But I don't want to cut you off. But I don't know. Um, no. Okay. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing comes. Nothing okay. comes. Just only Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a government. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I'll withhold any of my snarky comments <laughs> yeah, for other people in his office. I'm yeah. biting my tongue too. <laughs> so I, I was a little more like in the camp of Papa Giggs, so I was kind of thinking, you know, theme of cartoon characters. So I kind of chose my president and vice president as a pair. And I went with Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble. Mm. Because oh, nice. I feel like every president should, and, and many of them recently have been doing this they just basically say yappa dap do all the time <laughs> <laughs> they might as well they I mean, might as well i mean yeah. that's all you really hear right yappa dappa do so who, who cares what else they say there you go um and then i switched cartoon um characters or, or families and then i picked sec- secretary of state would be wiley e coyote Ooh. Because you know he can't get anything done. <laughs> he's just not, running off a cliff at all anyway. times. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's got good plans, but they never come through. Poorly executed. Yeah, that's yeah. poorly executed plans. <laughs> and then Secretary of Defense would be Yosemite Sam. Oh yeah, yeah. Who's gonna mess with him and those big ass <laughs> six yeah, shooters? Up, yeah. Nobody's yeah. gonna mess with him. And the Secretary of Fun would be Foghorn Leghorn because he's just a happy-go-lucky, yeah, that's good a old pick. guy. You know, everybody wants to hang out with Foghorn Leghorn. We need those yard signs. Boy, I say, boy, <laughs> come over here, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, if even like ten more people listen to our episode, that was like very, very smart. <laughs> like this whole round robin was like incredible. You're giving us too much credit. Yeah. No. I'm a thinking. I'm a thinking. <laughs> and my head hurts. Sorry. Just had to channel me. You said me, Sam. All right. So these are our great political questions. I believe I might have thrown something in that you didn't like maybe see. Uh, and I forgot at the beginning of the episode. I think like episode 20. 
uh, I sent an email out to everyone that said, hey, we're going to have this new special in our podcast. It's called How To. Who wants the How To? And Big Mike, you were the first one that said, I'll do it. No, I respond. <laughs> you said the first one to text back uh, will be it. And I didn't read the text. And I, I think I said, I, <laughs> who wants to get beers tonight or something? <laughs> Not realizing I'd signed up for it. And then we never did it. And then I was going to like surprise you tonight to say, okay, on this fly, tell me how to do something, but I'm not. All right. We're going to wait until the next episode, and you have to give a detailed explanation on how to do something. All right. Mm. I can do that. um, I can do that. It's clean, and then it's fun. All right. Um, Just Challenge accepted. Exactly. I like it. All right, so now we move into the music section of the podcast. Name the most political charged musician and why. So I'm going to go first. Little Bob Marley here. Concrete Oh, yeah. No, I didn't think about that. Yeah. He, and he wasn't being political to say, hey, I want to be the greatest artist. He was just being political to help the masses and help the people down in Kingston. Yeah. Um, and Concrete Jungle, one of my favorite songs. And the reason why I love it so much is this long intro. It's almost like 46 seconds. Mm. And it gets you in the mood, and then all of a sudden the lyrics come in and go for me. And that bass line, you just can't beat the bass line yeah. on that. So he definitely he, had something to say. Yeah, he, he did have something to say, and it's a shame that his life was uh, didn't last longer. Amen. Um, but it would have been incredible to hear him grow with grow with politics because this is the politics episode, and uh, it, it was the same belief. It's like, hey, we're one people. Let's stay together. It doesn't matter if you have an idea or another. Let's get together. So, You know what? Horrible question. Dumb question. But this seems like the place. Um, <laughs> did, was, he, was he killed? Or did he, was he no. sick? No, he, he had um, cancer. cancer. Yeah, he came Brain down cancer. with a melanoma cancer. on his yeah. toe, and then it spread through the body. Oh, okay. He was shot. He survived an assassination yeah. attempt. Maybe, that, maybe that's what I'm confusing. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 I have a little... Brain cancer, huh? I have something... That's a little a next one of my next questions later on. That, okay. but that's mine. That's my um, most politically charged uh, musician, uh, Mikey D. Who do you have? I, I hope I didn't steal anybody else's answer, but I went with you too. Um, I feel like they've been writing political songs from the start, from Sunday Bloody Sunday and Pride, New Year's Day, and it's not just Irish politics; it's worldwide politics. So. Um, and Bono, I think, is still continuing to be sort of politically charged and involved and maybe not always for the good that some people might think. But, you know, I give him credit for at least being out there and trying to use his notoriety for for, for the something yep. for something of use. You and know? his gift for gab. He's, yeah, he's good he at is. talking to the world leaders. They, yeah. they listen to him. Yeah, yeah. And and you brought up Bill Clinton. I just I'm reading Bono's new book. I know you got a copy too. Um, and he surrender he, or yeah. Yeah, yeah. If anybody wants to read it, I'll be happy to pass it on. But he mentions meeting Bill Clinton in a hotel room when Bill was running for president. Really? They were on tour. I don't know if it was Europa or what they were doing, but they they kind of 
met up at the same hotel. Really? And he what came, a meeting. And Clinton came to their late night like hotel par- room party. <laughs> I, don't, I don't doubt that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not an urban legend. No, that's not yeah. a conspiracy. Yeah. Theory, he yeah. smelled the McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> Circling around. Big yeah. Mike, who do you have? Um, although I'm not a huge fan, and not because I don't uh, like it. I just uh, never got into it. Um, I chose Pete Seeger um, because he seemed like a guy who, with a acoustic guitar, would sing about everything, um, whether it was like workers' rights or civil rights or environmentalism. Um, he was singing about it all. Um, he had a lot to say, yeah. and um, and he influenced a ton of people. Like Joan Baez was, um, I think, a protege of his, perhaps. And so um, they kind of took his his lead. I'm pretty sure Bob Dylan probably took a uh, a page a from his uh, his book, yeah. you know. Um, and so, you know, if you were listening to Pete Seeger, you were listening to a message about something he felt was important, you know. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Papa Giggs, who do you have? I have the closest answer to Big Mike's answer, but a different answer. Woody Guthrie, and I'm the same yeah. vein as Mike. Yeah. You know, he came, he was like a Dust Bowl guy, went out to Oklahoma guy, went out to California, suffered that plight. Um, he was kind of a socialist communist, although I guess I, I read he never joined the Communist Party, but he kind of considered himself a communist. But yeah, definitely wrote a lot of songs about the people. Um, one thing I did dig into tonight, you know, the, his famous song "This Land Is Your Land." Um, you know, definitely, you know, it's a song of the people, the people's country. And I guess he wrote it in kind of response to Irving Berlin's "God Bless America," that that was so overplayed, and he kind of wanted to take it from a different vein. And nice. hey, this is the people's country. And just like Mike said, like talk about, you know, Dylan spent time at, you know, Woody was dying, and Woody or uh, Dylan was at his his bedside in his hospital so he influenced uh yeah. definitely uh dylan and and uh bruce springsteen so yeah just his songs about people and workers and um his talking blues songs that influenced dylan i think yeah between his his political music and his the people that he influenced had a big impact yeah good good, good choice next question name a strong political uh charge song and what does it represent? Now I'm going to go first here, but I got to I give me two five <laughs> seconds because I got to. We'll take a station break for uh, sponsor. <laughs> when you're in the mood for a cold IPA, <laughs> come to downtown Emmaus. Well, the joke is that there's no sponsor, so it's actually just yeah. silence. So which one yeah. are we going to say? Your gear, fun. So this is a politically charged song for a different reason. All right. Did not see this coming. This is a great choice. <laughs> so it's a r- rip off of a rip from right. the Queen. And it's a rip off of his life, which is a political rip off. So he came into the music field right away saying, hey, this isn't a riff from the Queen. And by the way, I'm a gangster and I jump motorcycles. And when it all came out, he was left with nothing. Yeah, there was a lawsuit. Did, what, what did they find? Did they, they did they eventually say that he ripped them off? Or? Later on in life, whether he was a young man and went to stardom, he started a flipping houses company, and he didn't want to do interviews anymore. He was like, listen, this happened. I'm moving on. He got married. He has kids. And uh, so politically, like it's not a song written about politics. Right. It's it's a song that was written that was ripped off from the beginning, and they didn't just come out and hmm. say, yes, 
They yeah. tried to hide it, mm-hmm. and there goes the guy. I never knew the backstory. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And there are clips out there of him like trying to justify it. Like, no, ours goes. It's like the same riff. You know, it's like Papa Gigs. What do you have? I got one of my favorite bands from back in the day, The Clash. Um, they definitely wrote a lot of political songs, and uh, one of my favorites is a song called English Civil War from their second record, um, Give Them Enough Rope. And they basically took an American Civil War song, uh, Johnny Comes Marching Home, and they they kind of twisted it about, there was this group in the late 70s, this racist group, political group, the National Front. They were terribly racist, and but they were gaining a lot of power in... Um, I think Thatcher was in power then. I might be wrong, but in you know economically depressed England, um, you know the whole racial taking advantage of you know, some of the ra- yeah. racism in England and yeah. gaining power. And uh, the song's kind of about if these guys would take over, like bad bad things are going to happen in our country. So um, definitely very centered on English politics in the late '70s, but uh, a great a great tune. It's funny, and Joe Strummer has been quoted. I only knew a couple hand shapes, you know, for, you know, but he played rhythm, but Mick Jones was their good guitar player. But it's not, sure. some, the basics aren't that difficult, <laughs> right? That no. uh, Big Mike, what do you got? Uh, the song I went with um, reminds me of, and I didn't even realize when I first heard it, uh, I didn't know what it was about. I just liked the, the groove. Um, I like the melody and the chords. And it okay, was, okay, I gotta stop you. You gotta tell me the song because I'm not the. Oh, the soundboard. Um, I was waiting for you to like hit it. I thought I was like, I was like, so this is a fantastic intro. You're just gonna like, uh, it's for what it's worth by Buffalo Springfield. Nice. Um, I remember having my my tape player and rushing to the tape. You know when you wanted to to record a song, and there's something about this sonic. Like the harmonics they've got going on there, just I don't know, it speak to my musical sensibility, and I was like, "This is an amazing song." So I just like I listened to it, and only later did I kind of absorb what the lyrics meant. And I think it's just about protesting, sure, um, and them talking about it. Um, and it, there's almost like a sense of um, confusion, right? Or like there's a there's a lot going on in this in this this space and time that they're talking about. Um, and the chaos of it all. Yeah. Um, but it's done in such a beautiful way. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I've loved this song yeah, great since, pick. The, since the moment I heard song. it. Yeah. That's yeah. been covered by a few people, and yeah. I've been down a dark rabbit hole. It, there are some good covers, but it's it's one of the one songs where you, you can't recreate. Yeah, it. you can't. Yeah. You can't touch this. No. It's just like. And it's wait. three chords. Yeah. So you know, three. We can play it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. We might have to work on that. Podcast yeah. is over. <laughs> going down to the basement. <laughs> Mikey D, what do you got? I'm going from the same era. I'm going with uh, Ohio by Crosby, Ooh, Stills, yeah, Nash. Yeah. You know, pretty dark subject, um, yeah. but relevant even today. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. Um, you know, it's just it's just crazy that we're still dealing with some of this stuff. You know, but um, it was one of the first songs that came to my head. I just think it's just a. The, the harmony and the, the vocals just so powerful and such a great riff yeah, yeah. and uh, you know you just think about what it portrayed in the image I just have that the, I can picture the photos from the yeah. the yeah, shooting yeah, in terrible. your head you know anytime I hear the song so uh, anyway that yeah that right. one iconic I believe it's that one I, and she's a woman standing next yeah. to yeah 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 it's just crazy uh, yeah. I think there's even a lyric in the song about um, something about that like yeah you know yeah, Neil's voice is just yeah. <laughs> his voice is great. Yeah. And this yeah. song, yeah. Oh. All right, now we move to a song used as an anthem or a political event or an environmental action. Uh Papa Giggs, what do you got? I went uh 
back to Marvin Gaye, um, Mercy, Mercy Me, The Ecology. Um, I think kind of a, an early one for like the environmental movement. Some of the lyrics in this song, um, things ain't what they used to be, where'd all the blue skies go, poison is the wind that blows from the north, south, and east. Talks about uh, the wasted ocean and merc- full of fish full of mercury. And this is, to me, it seemed like before it's time, you know, some of the issues that he was talking about. So from his classic album, What's Going On, which was a pretty serious album, whether it be about some of the racial issues and then even the environmental issues. No doubt. Um, and Mikey D, what do you got? Um, you guys mentioned Woody Guthrie earlier, so I went with This Land Is Your Land. It was just kind of a traditional, you know, environmental song and political to some extent. Just, yeah. You know. I didn't realize, I mean, another... <laughs> confession for me i didn't i didn't realize he i thought that was like an american standard like Mm. it was just like an old folk song that he had covered Mm. and made popular i didn't realize that he wrote that yeah yeah holy cow yeah pretty crazy Hmm. all right if you notice we don't have any matt bolton tonight i did notice the intro was it was a little different yeah yeah because i didn't download it on my machine (laughs) i just figured you're mixing it up it's okay it's all right i I like that yeah i'm gonna i do mix it up it's on our toast (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Time Machine just came out and we're going to choose a musician that will go back in time with you and change a political event for the better by the use of their personality and or their songs. So, um, boop, boop, beep, bop, beep. <laughs> Big Mike, what do you got? Um, so I just read this and it, uh, an answer popped into my head immediately. My answer is this. When the Berlin Wall fell, there was a singer that stood atop the wall, and that singer was David Hasselhoff. (laughs) (laughs) And we all know the Germans love David Hasselhoff. Oh, they love him, yeah. I don't know why. I mean, so it feels like maybe there's someone better positioned to to fit the bill for (laughs) to sing on top of the Berlin Wall. And I think maybe I'm going to go with Bono. Feels like maybe that's a more apt, you know, choice. Sure. I kind of like David Hasselhoff. <laughs> there's <laughs> there's the absurdity a kind of, of it all. There's you an know? absurdity in it, but um, in that moment, it feels like maybe it was a missed opportunity yeah, that they, sure. that the Germans embraced, and maybe yeah. David Hasselhoff is what they needed in that moment. But for me, but it's, maybe yeah. Dave Bono. and Bono just a duet in pride, right? Hasselhoff and go. the Bono, yeah, the Hoff and Bono, yeah. Yeah, yeah there you go. A little <laughs> duet, exactly. Duet. The name sounds so German, Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah. So that's exactly. that's my time machine guy. I like it. Papa Gigs, who do you have? Uh, that Bono guy. Yeah, bon- Bono's busy. Okay, um, but Bono's going back to I don't know, maybe the '50s, '60s. And on a serious note, um, I know you two did so much that you were involved in the whole Sun City project. Remember Sun City? Um, I ain't gonna play Sun City with the anti-apartheid. Yeah. Um, and then he did a whole lot in Africa as far as like AIDS and a lot yeah. of money and helping a lot, oh, yeah. a lot with AIDS in Africa. But I, I'm sending Bono back to like 50s, 60s apartheid, like early. Oh. And I just think, you know, I it's before his time, but the time machine allows us to do that. So Bono's gonna go back and he's gonna mobilize the uh, you know, get the leaders going and he's gonna like he's gonna end some of the racial um, disparities in in South Africa, early 1950s, 60s apartheid. Perfect. Nice. Very good. Good answer. Mikey D, what do you got? So I'm I'm going to go back in time and grab John Lennon and mm-hmm. take him forward in time to um, 
to um, Moscow and have him talk some sense into Vladimir Putin to give up this whole farce thing he's got going on over there in Ukraine. Yeah, it's you know, a good give idea. Give peace a chance, and you know, so nothing too, nothing too crazy. It's a good idea. Yeah. Amen. Good pairing. Uh, I am taking the entire band, The Clash, and uh, we're going back technically to Ireland. <laughs> And they're going to play Police and Thieves oh, in Northern love Ireland. Love it, love it, love it. At a big stage. It's a, it's a Saturday. We have all this beer. You, you know, this is the band. Let's listen to them and let's just put everything away. And then the Clash are the true ambassadors between England and Ireland. Nice. They end the troubles. Yeah, like and, they're, and they're knighted. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, Sir Joe Strummer. <laughs> okay, we are done. We are almost done. Except for one last question. I forgot to put it in the list. Sorry about that. Number one, we are now stranded on an island. We can choose between the three women on the island. It's either Marianne, Ginger, or Mrs. Howe. To be the president. There's one. There's no vice president. There's just a president. I'm going to go first. Marianne is getting my vote. And the reason why is she's down to earth. She's not going to put on any airs. No crazy dinner parties. And she's she talks nice. And that's I'm voting for her. Marianne for president on. All on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Mikey D, what do you got? Um. Yeah. Um. I was gonna vote for Mrs. Howell for Secretary of Fun, but you kind of <laughs> took that away. So I'll go. I'm with you. I think Marianne. Marianne's Marianne. got my vote. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Like it. Big <laughs> hey, Mike. What do you got? So this podcast leans heavily on Gilligan's Island, which was not a like <laughs> a favorite of mine. So I don't. I've really done the deep dive on any of their personalities. So. Um, I'm gonna go with the group and say that Marianne would be a lovely. Um, exactly. you know, Sounds uh, like a mandate. That's a mandate. <laughs> I think we have a quorum. I don't know. I'm not. I, <laughs> I don't know the difference between Marianne and Ginger. Um, Especially I, one, their political one, views. One, yeah, one, one is one, a brunette. One's a redhead. Okay. The redhead is a piece of work. What were their political leanings? So that's what I want to know, Pat. I want to. I want you to dive into their feelings on you know. <laughs> Papa Gates, what do you got? I got Marianne too, but I'll just. Elaborate a little bit. So we're focused just on the island getting stuff done. Marianne's going to be the best. If we're going on modern society and I'm maybe electing a candidate electability, and if I'm looking for the person to connect with the rich donors, I might be going oh. with Mrs. Howell. But I'm not. So I'm not going with Mrs. Howell. If I'm going for the candidate just based on appearances to attract the masses in our TV photogenic age, I might be going with uh, Ginger. But I'm not because it's just for the island. So I'm going with Marianne because she can Perfect. take care of business. A landslide. <laughs> CNN has just reported Marianne is hold now up the, the president. Hold up Wait, the paper. Hold on the Chicago uh, <laughs> Daily Tribune. Uh, there, <laughs> They said Mrs. Howell. <laughs> this land was made for you and me. All right. There you go. Politics in whatever we were talking about today. Great job. Mikey D, Big Mike, Papa Giggs. Uh, the first episode we haven't had with um, Matt Bolton, so I'm going to have to 
call him and say, hey, yeah. listen, <laughs> let's write a political song. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but we got a great outro, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> let's all say goodbye. Start with Fava Gigs. Hey, great talking to everybody. And uh, after you listen to this wonderful podcast, if you're looking for some great political music, we heard a lot of Clash and you too tonight. I can't think of two better places to, to go after this podcast. Perfect. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, and go out and vote. Yeah, vote yeah. for me. I'm, I don't know what I'm running for, but... Oh, vote for Time Out with Patty C. Best yeah, podcast. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's a nice version. <laughs>